I'm home, everyone. Uh, we want. We tried to get Charlotte Reed, who does a phenomenal job every week with the show. Uh, she did. She did the producer Dave job for the past few weeks while you were off gallivanting or wherever you were doing down in Corkway. Did you see? But she wouldn't. Tell, Charlotte wouldn't. She didn't want to. Didn't want to be. She like. She's low key. She didn't want to be. Didn't want to be heard nor seen. Did you see his? Like so many women. Okay. Sorry, that was really serious. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like are, we, are we going somewhere else with this? Or? I was okay. going to just point out the fact that his Instagram was loaded with him uh, in a very tailored suit. Uh, with, Ooh, with, with, yes. suit with, very tails, with tails. With yeah. tails. Yeah, tails in the suit. Tell you what, slick. Slick as slick, shit. Yeah. It was. Thank you. It actually wasn't tailored. Oh, uh, yeah, it was. You just wear a suit that well. Oh, no, I was. I, I was uh, Maybe he just built his body to fit in the suit. That's a thing. Yeah, I've heard I've, of that. I was there born a mannequin. Right? So you could With just the proportions wear... of a mannequin. Yeah. All of them. As in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really, I'm, really, I'm really opening up to you here. Are you like action man? I appreciate if you wouldn't laugh. Did you miss us? Uh, yes. Well, you were you were here a lot, but you just weren't here in the days that we were recording. Unfortunately, no. I uh, had a lot of commitments. And you're um, a man of many talents. You have to do many things. Uh, thank you. That's very kind of you. But uh, yeah, I was being pulled in different directions and whatnot. But I'm back now to put you in order. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Appreciate Dave. Appreciate that, Dave. Yay. Uh, okay, so it's a deadly one this week. Film-wise. Somebody commented on YouTube. Film. Ha, ha, ha. Um, but like that's what <laughs> that's show, how we pronounce that's it. What, that's what the show is called as well. So, anyway, yeah. So it's a big week this week. Yeah, uh, big Star week. is born. Um, myself and D have seen that. Brian has seen some of it, and there's a story <laughs> behind <laughs> that. Um, Why is there always and, a story? And also uh, uh, Venom as well, which is a Ooh. huge one. But you guys have seen that one. Uh, yeah. There's an interview with Tom Hardy and Riz Ahmed on site. Super nice guys. And Johnny English, D caught up with. Everybody who ever had anything to do with Johnny English. Yes. <laughs> ever. How many interviews did you do? Like four interviews? Four. I, did, I, um, I interviewed Rowan Atkinson, Olga Kurilenko, who people will recognize as the Bond girl from Quantum of Solace. And Oblivion. Um, and Oblivion, yes. Uh, ben Miller, who's like kind of known for like British TV comedies and stuff. And David Kerr, the director. And how did it go? Did you it have a good time? Well. Are you friends now? You always yeah. make friends with people. Yeah, always I'm like... friends with everyone now. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine like Rowan Atkinson, like is very much I mean I know he's completely different from like Mr. Bean and from mm. Generation from all that. I understand that part of it but no. like he's got that much range <laughs> no, but I'm, no but I'm just saying he's not a mute no I know obviously nuisance but, like but what I'm saying is, is that like he himself is very dignified and mm. he's very like you know speaks so well yeah. and he's so just very English. I know it's amazing. It's like, like, like literally, like shits the queen. Like he, that's how English he is. Like yeah, no, um, it is. It is brilliant. And he's he's a very you know bright man. He's much straighter than you know the characters yeah, that's he plays. Sorry, straighter, but he's yes. not he's not dull either. You know he's yeah. he's a great conversation. Big petrol so. head is yeah. Rowan Atkinson. Big big petrol head. He's like massive collection of cars, almost like maybe Jay Leno. But well, thanks mm. for that Wikipedia entry on Rowan Atkinson. And the fact that he's an actor, which is amazing as well. He's not like the characters he plays. <laughs> he <laughs> acts. 
He acts. Well, I mean, I it's know. like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, where does one begin and one starts? Exactly. So sometimes That's actors I mean. are very like the characters they play. True. And like, I mean, like you look at something like Blackadder. Like I, I was a huge Blackadder fan, and like that kind of sense of like he's able to play oily characters, and then he's able to play very endearing characters, and mm. then he's able to play just you know Mr. Bean, like which is just. You know. All right, sure up now, Brian. Right. Let's talk about Venom first before we get to A Star Is Born. Um, okay, I said months ago, um, and it hasn't opened yet. It's opening today. today no, it's opening today. today. Yeah, well, this, this grow Thursday, so and the video will grow on Friday. So um, we don't know how well it's doing at the box office or how well it's not doing at the box office. But I did say I had a feeling that this one was going to bomb or not do as well as people thought it was going to do because it's quite a muddled trailer quite a muddled character it's a horror movie it's this is and i think and look it might matter it might have that marvel stamp on it and people will go and see it regardless right um reviews for this one have been they're just breaking today and have been horrific the hollywood reporter review went to absolute town on it and uh like in the moment the highlight of it being and uh, the 70th minute or something like that where tom hardy's like appears bloated and you know uh stressed and they basically made the observation that he looked like he'd be the perfect man to play Harvey Weinstein, which I could see it. I mean, harsh observation all the same. Let's just throw Harvey Weinstein in there, right? Okay, you didn't mind it, D, as much as Brian. Although I will say <laughs> that I was reading over my notes just before coming on this show. There are a lot of problems with this yeah. movie. Like I just have like note after note after note of like this seems really off and like the pacing here is really weird. There are a lot of issues with it. So I mean, like I sat through it and I finished it. <laughs> um, but I got yeah, there in the end. Yeah, exactly. But no, there there are a lot of problems with it. Okay, give me some of the problems. Um, pacing is all over the place. It seems to drag out the things that it should be just getting through and then the more interesting stuff it just flies through. Like, for example, it takes a lot of time to kind of establish the scene and him as a reporter and his relationship with his girlfriend and Riz Ahmed's character and his motivations. And it's like, okay, this is all the generic superhero crap we've seen dozens and dozens of times. Just get through it, get through it, get you know, venom, get Get venom attached to him already. Um, So that just took way too long. And then for the actual like venom action sequences, stuff was happening so quickly that you couldn't actually register what was going on. So the pacing wise, it was all over the place. I thought that performance wise, Tom Hardy did a good job and that Michelle Williams was good, pretty good. But and underwritten. I mean, she was underwritten, she's but I mean, that's the problem with... It's disgraceful. Yeah. yeah. Choice role she's but I, mean, I know you have some yeah. movie news later, but yeah, yeah she's exactly. such a good actress. I mean, female characters in general in superhero movies have are very, very wanting. And I think that Rachel McAdams in Doctor Strange, it was just appalling, yeah. the character that they gave her in that film. So there have been worse, there have been better. This is somewhere in the middle. She does what she you can just, with yeah, the part and everything. You just and YouTube um, going, what about Wonder Woman. Yeah. No, but you know what I mean. Like I I'm talking no, about, like the you know the I'm love playing, interest. I'm playing devil's advocate. If devil's advocate's been like a fanboy who's never felt a touch of a woman, but uh, what are, <laughs> what are, what other problems did I have? Because um, they're plentiful by yeah. the sounds of it. I mean, special effects wise, it's okay as well. It's. Do you too... think? I thought it was very cheap. Oh, looking. I thought it was okay. I thought that the actual no. like graphics of Venom and the transformation and that those kind of bits mm. itself were okay. Um, the ending was kind of a mess. Yeah. And yeah, and how they got there, and the and then 
for some reason, halfway through the film, it decides that it's going to be all kind of self-aware and funny now, even okay. though it was playing it totally straight for the first so half of the movie. Do you reckon it's something a bit meta there, or do you reckon it was reshoots where we need to seem like we're more self-aware, this is too earnest? It might have been that, yeah. but either way, it should have been consistent from the very start if yeah. they were going to do one or the other. And I mean, by the end of the film, him and Venom are kind of like buddies, and you don't, you can't actually look back on the film and be like, this is the point at which their relationship kind of took a turn. Yeah. It just happens all of a sudden. So, yeah. A lot of problems. <laughs> I the, think that I've emphasized that. <laughs> the Robin Fleischer, uh, Ruben. Ruben, Ruben Fleischer, uh, and Tom Hardy, whatever, shut up. And Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Hardy try and do something different here and it just didn't pay off or yeah. does it just not work? No, it just doesn't work. I mean, the thing of it is, is that like having seen it now, I think Tom Hardy was a great choice to play Venom. I would love to see a better director take control of the situation and come back with something unique because... I know other people have said it, and D kind of you kind of touched on it there as well. But it's the kind of movie that had this been released 15, 16 years ago, it would have been like, oh wow, this was actually pretty decent. This was pretty cool. But like superhero movies in general have just moved on so much, and they're mm-hmm. more kind of in depth. And I'm not even talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm just talking about the how they're approached is much more different than it is now. Um, Ruben Fleischer, I think, um, was a Terrible, terrible choice as a director. Like, you go back and look at Gangster Squad, and we've talked about this before. Gangster Squad had Sean Penn, Josh Brolin, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, and Nick Nolte. Had a great story. Nolte. Nolte? Nolte. Nick what did Nolte. I say? Nolte. Well, whatever, anyway. Ha! Got one. Eat shit, right? Anyways, had all these great actors, had a great setting. Like, mm. 19, 1940s Los Angeles, the height of the crime yeah. wave, yeah. and all that kind of thing. And what did it come back with? A load of crap. A load of crap. <laughs> Um, Zombieland was good. Zombieland is great. Don't don't. No 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 no. Great no, Zombieland okay, because it was very good. And the reason he got Venom is on the basis of being able to blend different genres. Blend different genres, correct? Yeah. But the problem here is is that it's not a case of blending genres. It's a case of he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. He just didn't have a dicky bird about what he was doing. <laughs> and you said this as well is that like you know when you have somebody like Tom Hardy who is a very forthright actor and will really try to do something different when he goes out on a limb he needs the director to back him up he mm-hmm. needs the director to kind yeah. of show him okay right we're going to frame this around you we're going to couch this in context it's not even that if you're going to really commit to a certain kind of performance mm-hmm. and you see Nicolas, Ke- Nicolas Cage doing that in so many movies yeah. it's very rare that the director is will reach out to meet him or what, yeah or be up to the challenge of like and that's not to say that Nicolas Cage is leagues above whoever yeah. but if you're making a very specific choice as an actor and that seems to be what the kind of thing Tom they didn't screen it before I interviewed him uh, but the kind of choice that Tom Hardy made he was like well I'm going to treat this like I would any serious role he's been nominated yeah. for Oscars yeah. he's obviously very good at what he does um, but the director needs mm. to be up to yeah needs to be up to the task yeah and like don't to protect them almost yeah, yeah 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 absolutely and like I mean as he was saying like there were parts of this movie where he was playing it very very straight and even the direction of it the, like the scene was laid out and stuff was done like a straight up horror movie and then there were other parts of it that were you didn't even know whether you were supposed to laugh or not and I know mm-hmm. it's sometimes like you know you look at like M. Night Shyamalan I think is, is quite good at doing that like you look at something like The Visit it's the kind of thing where it's like, I don't know if I'm meant to be scared or if I'm meant to be laughing at this or I'm meant to be, is it meant to be nervous laughter? 
in this, I don't know. He, I, I don't think he knew what he wanted mm. out of it. Like, yeah. I mean, there is sometimes where directors will aim for ambiguity because that's the feeling that they want to convey. They want you to feel like, oh, should I? Be well, that makes sense this? for an anti-villain as well, right? Or an anti-hero. Anti-hero, sorry. yeah, yeah. But not here, though. That no. wasn't clear. Here, it just looked like he didn't know what he was doing. I did. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was no, just going to add. Yeah, no. yeah. I don't know if it was like maybe they didn't have enough pre-production on it and they didn't have enough discussions of exactly what direction they wanted to go in. But yeah, I totally agree with you in that. It even felt like as they were <coughs> as they were shooting, he was deciding, oh, let's do this, let's do that. And what you end up is not an interesting combination, just this mix mash, mash yeah. mess. And like it, you know, you can do like you can do ten different takes of a scene, and like one could be funny, one could be endearing, mm-hmm. one could be whatever. But like you can't stitch when it stitches together it has to look like there's a tapestry it has to look like there's a flow to it and there is no flow to this and like you know the fact that they dropped down from an R rating down to PG-15 or whatever it PG-13. is PG-13, well they were saying yeah. that uh, it was always intended to be a PG-13 I don't think so I don't think I mean I know they've said that and I'm, I would imagine that's there's an amount of um trying to edit the narrative of the behind the scenes stuff like to say oh no we intend this to be PG-13 all along mm. we, we wanted it. to make a crap film exactly that's <laughs> what I'm saying like it, it, that's what it just sounds like and like the fact that like Tom Hardy came out and you're like I know we're going to get to this yeah. in the movie news but he was saying like oh 40 minutes of the movie was taken out of it like I don't think if the 40 minutes was left back in I don't think it would have been a I, better film I read that. and I don't think sorry I don't think the R rating would have made it a better film either. Yeah. I don't think that uh, 40 minutes thing is to be taken literally because in the interview with mm-hmm. Esquire, he said his, he was asked what his favourite bits were to perform and he said, actually it's all been taken out about 40 minutes of it. So not that the movie was 40 minutes longer, but it was all stuff he yeah. tried that they didn't put in. Okay, so it's not good. Yeah, it's very no. poor. I don't think uh, producer Dave's going to break his six month hiatus of the cinema uh, to go and see this one, producer Dave, <gasps> are you? Six month oh, hiatus? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. The last film we'll we went see. to see was Avengers Infinity War. Oh my War. gosh! In the cinema, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I, you so haven't yeah. watched a, a yeah, film. Yeah, I have. Watched just the odd that film. just strikes me so. Like, we go to the movies about twice or three times a week. So yeah. to hear that someone hasn't been to the cinema in six months just seems like such an alien concept mm. to me. What about popcorn? Do you have popcorn? I don't eat popcorn. I don't myself. eat popcorn either. Oh, I'm God. not a fan of popcorn. Sorry, popcorn. Big fan I of popcorn. popcorn. I'm not a fan. I'm not I a fan. have popcorn every day. Wow. Yeah. See, Dee doesn't like sweet things. We had, a, we had a bake-off for charity for breast cancer awareness in the I office won. today and everybody, you did not win. Mm. You did not, you went downstairs and bought his Micadaves. <laughs> I called them Micadaves but they're Micadaves. I was the real winner. And they, were, like imme- they were immediately, immediately disregarded by the judges. <laughs> like, you bought those. They were disregarded but then they were regarded not no, long true. after like for the, their presentation. They have a cult following now. Anyway, Dee doesn't like, Dee doesn't like sweet things. Everybody was mauling the mauling I had some the flat jacks. Yeah. They're not sweet though. They, I was like, you pick they the healthiest thing. You you pick the healthiest thing. There is sugar in them. And flapjacks. Yeah. Just have a Mars bar. Oh is no. There? No. Uh, it depends on the flapjack. I'd say. Mm. I wouldn't particularly like cakes or sweets myself. You can tell by what you baked, Dave. You can well, tell. Yeah. what it didn't yeah. bake. Yeah. What? Well, oh, yeah. What yeah. Right. Didn't bake. Wait a second. <laughs> what did you bake, Brian? I baked nothing. And I'll admit, <laughs> I went downstairs and I got apple, I, I got apple pies. That's it. And, and I think they were eaten actually. Come to think of it, yeah. Actually, I think somebody ate them. But whatever. Okay. I just donated and ate things. I just donated and ate some things also. Yeah. Go team. Go team for a good cause. Good hustle. Looked like good there was hustle. lots of money there as well. 
Um, so we, myself and your, no, you had already seen it, had you? Before the premiere on Friday. It was Brian, you came to the premiere on Friday of A Star Is Born. Yes. Uh, before, <laughs> D, before I get into this, and I want your take on it first, because you wrote, wrote the review for the site, and it's a five-star review. I agree wholeheartedly with it. Uh, you, you, we generally know where each other is going to be sitting at screenings, Brian. <laughs> no, to be fair, I did not know you were going to be, okay, go on, yeah, tell the story. No, you tell the story. No, nothing. But just like I came in, it was like I waited right until the end, like right, right until the end um, of like the beforehand thing. Um, bypassed the party, went straight into the cinema. Cinema was nearly, nearly empty. Staked out my, my spot, which is right next to the exit on the cinema aisle. Sat down. I know the exact spot you're yeah. referring to. <laughs> Sat down and then who's sitting in front of me? That lad right there. <laughs> he was like, oh, hey, hey. I was like, how did I know you were going to be here? So... Yeah, that was funny. And then, but then the other part of it was then, was that this was the story. About halfway through. Brilliant film. Brilliant film. Really enjoying it. Really, really loved it. Very, very well made film. We can talk about this later. Um, My phone started going off. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, going off. I was like, just kind of like trying to turn it off, turn it off. And then it kept going off repeatedly. I was like, oh crap, something's after happening now. And of course, you know, you get that thing of like, oh Jesus, what is it? Like, and then I opened it up. My car got broken into. Car got broken into. Um, some little shitbag <laughs> um, who I hoped I would have loved to have caught in the act of doing it um, broke into my car didn't steal anything all they sold was like a leather um, sunglasses pouch thing there was so money thought, in the car thought there was sunglasses in it probably but like I mean, so people wasn't. are going to rob you now they know that there's money in the car well I mean there was the well there was like shrapnel in the car I would say shrapnel <laughs> didn't like, root around enough where do you keep the money? Let's tell them. Let's just make it easy. I'll tell you exactly where it is. It's in the, it's in the center dash. Open it up. Changes in there. It's usually about yeah. like three euros. Do you not have a car alarm? I do. It didn't fucking go off, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, Maybe they stole it. What, the car alarm? <laughs> yeah. How do you steal a car alarm? With hands, usually, and tools. Right, but now, I mean, that seems I mean, a bit excessive. not usually. Well, I mean, that's run off as the car alarm was going <laughs> off. <yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I don't. I presume the car alarm didn't go off or whatever. So, how much of the movie did you see? I saw up until I'll tell you where I saw up until. Um, I saw up until the bit where they were at Dave Chappelle's house. Okay, about, that's about the halfway that's point. About, yeah, 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 which was I'd about the halfway so. point. That's literally where I saw when Dave, at Dave Chappelle's house. So, that's as much as I'm able <laughs> to discuss this movie. <laughs> I can discuss one half of it. I can talk about it. You know that scene? Dave Chappelle's scene? Amazing. My car's broken into it. I had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was about 10 minutes into this and and because I wasn't sure what to expect. I hadn't seen mm. any of the other films. Uh, not mentioned Destroy and Chris Christopherson one. Uh, I, kn- I I found out afterwards how that one ended um, which I should have I should have looked at. I should have you know, um, realise Judy Garland. I know, one. Like, I know. It's always the same. I know, but story, there's, yeah. there's a certain impact to it when you don't know. I suppose, mm. or more of an impact to it when you don't know. Um, I was about ten minutes into this, and I was blown away by it. I was blown away by how well Bradley Cooper was able to. Not like it's very easy to pat directors on the back for shooting things a certain way or creating a certain kind of ambience. It felt so natural. The scenes basically Bradley Cooper coming off stage, cuts to Lady Gaga. Mm. It kind of gives her a little bit of backstory. And then, you know, how serendipitous they meet uh, in this um, drag queen club. 
and that scene is it's perfect it's so perfect it's perfect mm-hmm. it's so perfect so were you were you from early on the because yeah. I didn't know if it was just going to be a musical I had no idea my ignorance I was like holy shit this is good mm-hmm. 10 minutes in yeah they had me you had me from 10 minutes in oh yeah it had me from like two minutes in like even from when like Bradley Cooper is singing in that first scene and he has such a gorgeous voice and everything yeah I totally agree with you in that it just blew me away how okay I knew that the acting was going to be amazing and it was and I knew that the music was going to be gorgeous and take me on an emotional roller coaster which it did but the technical accomplishments mm. in this are really, really extraordinary. I mean, I, I was talking to you about this, you know, before, but like he really surrounded himself with such a talented crew. Like this, it's the cinematographer that uh, Darren Aronofsky works with. Um, Matthew Lubeck. Is yeah, it? yeah. And he would have done like Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan and everything. So his cinematography is really stunning. It's something else. It was a production designer who I can't remember the name of, but from The Great Gatsby. So, you know, these really, really really talented um, crew members who have these incredible credits behind them uh, working with Cooper to make this film extraordinary and like you said it's what I love as well about what Cooper does here is even though he is such a big job on his hands as director directing this making sure that it all fits just right and that the crew are able to kind of work at their maximum capacity he also gives a hundred percent to that character as well and it's such a Difficult, difficult character to play. Like, you know, you might look at it from the offset and from like the start and just be like, oh, well, he's playing a drunk. But there's such emotional complexity in that role. He has so many inner demons and he's able to portray that so, so beautifully and movingly. He he's incredible in this. Mm. Uh, Gaga's getting a lot of applause for it, which is, you know, which is fair because yeah. she's mm-hmm. incredible in this as well. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to, you don't want to, like, you know, undermine or negate her performance at all. She is fantastic. Yeah. When she sings in it, it's as spectacular as you'd expect. Yeah. Somebody who's played the halftime Super Bowl show. Yeah. And sold millions and millions of albums to be. But this is, uh, but this is really Bradley Cooper's movie. Do you think? Because he's this is there's some there's like he lit he co-wrote it. Oh yeah. It, produces it and he sings in it. Sure, but I mean, I think yeah, that's fair. I mean, he like his hands are all over. But yeah. I mean, in terms of on screen and what you see in the performance I really do think it is a twin performance yeah. and yeah. I think the performance that Gaga gives is so rich and textured mm-hmm. you know that kind of way like there's, a, like there's a brilliant scene at the start of it where she comes into the house um, her father's house who's played by Andrew Dice Clay yeah, like, hey. brilliant brilliant oh, like, great like, like yeah. Yeah. up the hill like, yeah it's <laughs> just so like ah oh, shit it's him it's amazing and like <laughs> The way that she kind of interacts with that scene is brilliant. And it's a nothing scene. It's yeah. literally just her walking through the house, talking to her father's co-workers kind of thing. And she's just like running around the kitchen. And like that thing of it being so natural yeah. that you can't help but just be like, I've seen that happen before. Yeah. Right? So it's like, who keeps leaving stuff in the kitchen? Or You know what I mean? Like It's so natural. like, And that just brings, that kind of couches the emotional moments in it. Do you know, that sort of mm-hmm. it gives it context. But um. That scene at the start where they first meet and where she's singing La Vie en Rose, like you look, go back and watch that scene and look at his face. Mm. It is so clear what's happening. Like it is just so, it's so crystallizing of that moment when you see somebody for the first time and it's just, your face lights up and you can't hide it. Like, you know what I mean? It's really sweet. Like, and it's really like you can see somebody, it's love at first sight, like. It's so obvious. It's so written on his face. You can't help it. Like, and she's. It's the same with her as well. Mm-hmm. Like the two of them just 
eye yeah. to eye like it's incredible like I've never seen it done that sharply that focused that well and like for Bradley Cooper to do this to get even that scene but the entire movie to get that in his first film holy shit that is talent yeah. that is serious serious I, I think talent. this guy this guy Jackson Maine as well who he, who he plays in it mm-hmm. Cooper had him a little different on um, previous incarnations um, just noticed from watching interviews that he had done where he'd said other incarnations have been guys on the on the wane they've been you know, on the way down he's not he's mm-hmm. very much a modern successful artist and that he's touring and selling out huge venues everywhere but he might be as relevant musically um, and they kind of go into elements of that later on but yeah. he's doing well mm-hmm. and he's still a superstar mm-hmm. um, and he's very, he'd be a very easy character to be a dick or to be you know observed as being a dick you know, I mean, uh, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a constant humility in Bradley Cooper's performance as well. That's heartbreaking and mm-hmm. um, where he doesn't have to say a huge amount, but he can give you little snippets. And the whole film is like that. I think mm-hmm. you would Ed Roy, even from that scene earlier on with Gaga and Andrew Dice Clay, that the film is littered with those moments and those characters. And even um, there's a couple of which I, which I just thought was a nice touch. There's two people who from Alias, which was one of Cooper's Bradley Cooper's first serious role, and it was just a, they're nice roles. Mm. And Bradley Cooper obviously worked with them, uh, knew worked them. but knew them, and it's a, give, giving them a role in this mm-hmm. uh, in this. You know, he knew it was going to be an Oscar contender or wherever. Yeah. And um, but I was blown away by this. I was genuinely blown away by it. I thought it was incredible. Best film this year by a mile for oh, yeah. me. And uh, one one of the best I've seen in a few years, certainly in terms of drama. And I, I think, and I think there might be an element. Sorry for interrupting you, Brian. No, no. And the, you might uh, chime in here where people are going to be at ah, a musical because that's what I thought. Oh, you yeah. We thought this is. It's not at all really. It's there's musical scenes in it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And they're all very organic because it's on stage. Yeah. Um. But anyway, the shot glass and breed did all that stuff too. Yeah. So, where do you see this one? You know, because it's project. It's opening this weekend in America, and that's obviously the. The, um, the telltale sign about how mm. it's going to do globally, uh, you know, and the Oscars and all that stuff too. Do we see this one being a front runner for the Oscars? Oh, yeah. Oh, by a long God, shot. Yeah. yeah, for pretty much everything. Because like I said, it's not just the acting that it's incredible and the directing as well and the technical stuff. It's just all so, so like, it's like top of the range movie industry talent you know, I can't. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this before and like I can't think of any movie off the top of my head that could rival it. There's like First Man has been getting a lot of praise and I'd almost wonder if it might be a matter of like one of the movies taking the director award and one of the movies taking the acting award. For mm. example, like Cooper might win for directing and then Ryan Gosling would win for acting or something like that. But it could easily win both. But I have noticed that in more recent years with the Oscars, they kind of, they seem to spread them out or a little more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You've seen First Man, Brian. I have, yeah. Um, you have to say, obviously, very, very different films. Yeah, I mean, they're very, yeah, they're completely different films. Like, I mean, First Man is a very much a cerebral, almost like a thriller, you know, mm. that kind of way. And it's very, very serious and it's very I don't want to say negatively emotional but like it's it's just tense. yeah it's tense yeah whereas you know A Star is Born is funny in parts and it's really sweet and it's really romantic and then it's really heartbreaking and sad so there's much more wider it's more crowd pleasing I would say A Star is Born is a far more of a crowd pleaser than First Man is mm. I don't think it's a case of one is better than the other though Um no but Jesus yeah I mean A Star is Born it's like very very 
very strong Oscar contender. Like, definitely, I think Gaga for Best Actress. I think... Uh, best Song. Uh, best Song. It's got it in it yeah. to a T. Um, best Actor nomination for Cooper. It'll be a two-horse race between... Or, sorry, a three-horse race between... Uh, Goslin, Cooper, and probably Dick Cheney for Vice. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Or, point, I yeah. or sorry, yeah, Christian Bale for Vice. Yeah, it'll be between the three of them, I think. Mm. Um, Christian Bale's number one, the best actor. You won best supporting. Yeah, yeah you true. Won, um, for the fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah for the fighter. Um, so that might, you're, I think you're right there. That might be the the trailer just dropped today. That might be the. The yeah. main competition, I think, for Bradley Cooper and acting or Ryan Gosling. Yeah, but like, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, just to repeat what Dee said, I would not surprise me in the slightest if Cooper got Best Director for this. Yeah. I think that's well, I think possible. he deserves it. Um, from yeah. everything I've seen so far this year, I think he absolutely deserves it. The trailer for Voice looks fantastic. Mm. Obviously, Adam McKay's won before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cast, and that's phenomenal too. That's not coming out until Christmas. Christmas. It won't be yeah. out here until February. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of annoying when you do that. Right. Yeah, we get that. them very late. We kind of get the... Awards the ones. Yeah, yeah, we kind of get the awards ones between now and kind of February, March, whereas in the States, they'd pretty much have them all kind of by Christmas. And yeah. you know what the thing yeah. is? It's always like, it's not annoying, but like, it's just, it's a thing that happens. We get shown all, this is just letting you in on the secrets. Um, <laughs> we get shown all the awards movies, like, like from November up until the end of the year. And then like, they actually don't get released until like February or March. And yeah, like, so, I remember seeing I, Tanya yeah. in like November or December last year and wasn't out till like February. February. And then it's like, oh crap, yeah. I gotta remember what the film was about. Yeah, I hate <laughs> that. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, so go and see it. Just God, go, and oh, see yeah. it. go and yeah. see the second Everyone half of it, Brian. Oh no, yeah, no, God, no, and listen, and uh, don't leave your car parked on the street when you. No, do. God, no, hundred percent. Like I this and Tully, you have to see because yeah. you were saying um, your favorite films of the year so far, and I totally agree. Tully would be yeah. There this for Tully me. and Dublin all skill are my three favorites of the year so far, and we're only kind of coming into that part of the year where mm-hmm. all the Oscars. Yeah. I haven't seen First Man or Halloween or a lot of movies that I do want to see. Uh, yeah, of yeah. course, I ca- I really can't see anything. Touching Top uh, of Star it, yeah. is Born. Well, A Star is Born, there's a very visceral, emotional response to A Star oh, is yeah. Born. Yeah. Um, to the point that my girlfriend had to leave the cinema. She Did was like, crying, she, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, oh, everybody see, was. It's just so, like, it's so genuine and so yeah, honest. It's, it's real. never you, trite. Yeah. Never, you know? That's it. Um, it's incredible. Go and see it. And I'm super excited to see what Bradley Cooper does next. Um, ben Affleck did a phenomenal job of his first movie uh, Gone Baby Gone didn't get the applause that he deserved off mm. the bat he was kind of on a slide at the time and it was part of his career resurgence yeah. I think Bradley Cooper has been getting applauded that he deserves mm. as a start so uh, at the very least he deserves a heap of nominations for this yeah. across mm-hmm. all categories okay let's move on to some movie news You commit, commit this week. I like I it. I did. You see it. that? Yeah. Put the effort in. <laughs> Shit, sorry. <laughs> and it was buzzing earlier, you know. <laughs> Go on, do it. Just, boo! Boo! You were really quiet there. I was like, yeah. I'm I was listening. Drunk. I haven't seen any of those. What if he needs to leave his phone on there in case somebody breaks into his car again. <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, right? What a life emergency. <laughs> you know, could happen. It has happened. Never mind. Turn, uh, turn the screen around oh, so you're not looking at it, please. Sorry. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you tell him, D. You tell him. I don't know if I'm more like a kind of like you know work wife figure or a teacher or yeah. what. I think you point. have to be all those things and more when dealing with Brian Lloyd, <laughs> don't you? Okay, first up, uh, because we were just talking about Michelle Williams, there is a movie based on the Challenger disaster happening, and she's going to be playing Krista. M- M- How do you spell McAuliffe. 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 Thank you. 
Thank you, Dave. Who was a teacher that had taken part in NASA's Teacher in Space program and was part of the Challenger crew that died on January 28th, 1986. The space shuttle, which was carrying seven astronauts, including her, exploded 73 seconds after takeoff Mm, on live television. So it was an awful, horrific thing to happen. And... The idea of it being brought to the big screen now is a bit like, Ooh. but I mean, it's, it's like, how are they going to, how are they going to do How are it? they going to handle that particular, like, I, I understand it's probably going to be something similar to First Man and yeah. that you'll have all the build up and all the establishment and, you know, her character and her background and her family and all She's of that teacher, stuff. That's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. First teacher in space. But I mean, how you're going to um, portray that particular moment, like, I, I just don't know. I mean, yeah. the thing of it is that you can actually see the moment it happened because, like, it was all done live yeah. on television. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. Like, seven people on the yeah, seven people on the Challenger uh, space shuttle. Um, it, it happened live on TV. People were just watching this, mm-hmm. and then it just exploded. Like, yeah. and there was no way they could cut away from it. There was no way that they could edit it out or whatever. It happened live on television. So I think Imagine yeah, been in that command center when that like, and like if you watched because they spent years yeah, leading up mm-hmm. to this, stuff. yeah. Yeah, and like you watch the um, like there's a CNN have a video of the actual day it happened, like as in the lead up to it and everything, and like the ex- like the the faces of the people of the people in the command command center, Capcom, when it happened, like it's just, it's the kind of thing that it'd stay with you. And the guy who's directing this is um, he did this film called Land of Mine, which is this really really very very unusual but brilliant uh, World War Two movie. That um, Barry Keoghan, fully enough. I haven't seen, I haven't heard of it. No, yeah, no, it, was, it, it, it got yeah. a really small release yeah. here in Ireland. But Barry Keoghan, when I interviewed him for Dunkirk, he said like Land of Mine. I watched that movie, and that was pretty much where I was kind of going with the performance, like for Dunkirk. Um, mm. So yeah, that guy Martin Zandvliet, um, really interesting choice. Michelle Williams, she's such a good actress. Like so, she's incredible. It's about yeah, time yeah, Michelle yeah. Williams has yeah. a leading role of density mm. and you know, and this will be and like, yeah, and I yeah. mean obviously there's going to be a huge amount of expectation there. Um, mm-hmm. That lady's um, legacy has reverberated since then. There's lots of schools and stuff named after her. And Michelle Williams is a great actor, mm-hmm. and she's like we said with Venom, she's just been put in crap roles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if it's for the, if it's a money thing, or I don't know what it is, or she's just not getting the right offers. But yeah, I mean, she like when I was interviewing her because I've interviewed yeah. her for Manchester <laughs> by the Sea, she was talking about how she is like very you know selective with yeah. the films that she picks, and she doesn't really do more than a movie a year. And yeah. there's some years just where kids, she doesn't yeah. do any movie at all. Um, now she has like had some some incredible roles like um, I I really do think that she was brilliant in My Week with Marilyn and Manchester by the Sea my gosh the emotional yeah. weight she's of that movie she's not in that much but when she is yeah. she gives she's, it 100% oh it's heart, another heartbreak and it was like mm-hmm. been emotionally kicked in the balls for two hours repeatedly yeah. yes <laughs> which was why she was such an odd choice for Venom like I just. I, I don't, don't know. think she was an odd I d- choice. I yeah. think she's just a name, and she adds like Tom yeah. Hardy adds density to. Yeah, of course, and she yeah. adds yeah. Yeah. weight. You know? I mean, that's what I would think got her on board was yeah. the fact that she was going to be opposite Tom Hardy because I mean like when you're in the acting game you know who are oh, the yeah. talented actors yeah. and who you'd want to work opposite so I'd imagine that was why she kind of went on board and maybe she was like you know what feck it I'll just try a superhero movie and it didn't work out <laughs> but you know so far <laughs> so far yeah. Yeah. they'll probably make 200 million dollars this week and then we'd be like what What do we know the public, yeah. the public what they want okay what else do you have for us Ansel Els- I'm putting this in because I love musicals so Ansel and Ansel Elgort Delight. What? And, uh, and Ansel Elgort. Ah, he's fine. Like really? He's, I thought he yeah. would have been right up your alley. 
I'm like you're a Michael B. Jordan man. Michael well, B. no, Jordan but like woman. she likes the pretty boys. Like. No, no, I said I don't like boyish looking, like kiddie looking. Like Michael B. Jordan is a man. Yeah, he's a man, man. man. <laughs> 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 okay, see so that Creed trailer running shortless? Woo! Woo! You should have seen. I was like, good, oh, no. good lord. Yeah. Yeah, Good but like Lord. you should have seen, you should have watched like D when she was watching that trailer for the first you time. We should have, li- we should have live shot that. Like that literally, like killing. this. She was literally like this. She was like, "Fair enough, fair enough." Oh so that's a, that's a hunk of a human being. Yeah, uh, but there is a Sylvester Stallone um, kind of link here somewhere, D, with movie news. Oh wait, no, 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 no. That's a separate item. Okay, sorry. Mike didn't read it before we went on air. <laughs> okay, so Ansel Elgort has been cast in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. So this was announced at the start of the year. Essentially, Steven Spielberg is going back to the original uh, bro- hit Broadway musical West Side Story. Yes, yeah. as um, Brian is demonstrating the choreography <laughs> Thanks, of now. Brian. Um, it was previously, of course, brought to the big screen in 1961 in a hugely successful musical, which pretty much like swept the board when it came to the Oscars and everything. Um, but yeah, this is the very first um, casting announcement that's been made for the film. Spielberg is teaming up with famed screenwriter Tony Kushner, who he worked with on Munich and Lincoln previously for the film. Uh, West Side Story producers have reportedly auditioned thousands of actors and dancers in New York, Los Angeles, Miami and Puerto Rico for the film. So the dancing in this is going to be unreal. And I think that they're bringing in, um, I don't know if it's the original choreographer, but it is this like really, really famous choreographer. So yeah, dancing is going to be amazing. And filming for it will begin in the summer of uh, 2019. So we'll still, I assume they'll be kind of bringing out news of other roles that are being cast kind of over the preceding months. But yeah, Ansel Elgort, who people will know from Baby Driver and The Fault in Our Stars, he's going to play Tony. Tony! (laughs) He's a a a charismatic young man. Yeah, he's big. Um, he um, he's a singer and like he, yeah, he, he's, yeah, musician and stuff. So yeah. yeah, he's a perfect choice for it. Yeah, um, I'd be interested to see though how what are they going to do with it? Like, insofar mm-hmm. as like, is it going to be modern or is it going to be, you know, set in the forties or fifties or whatever? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? Spielberg's kind of a traditionalist like that. Though, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, that's true. But then again, like, I mean, why would you do? Why would you just remake it if you're gonna if you're gonna set it in the same time period as the original was? Because he's Steven Spielberg and he'll do what he goddamn wants. I, but the other thing yeah. is, like, that's part of West Side Story. I mean, otherwise he might as well, like, say, go to Romeo and Juliet and put that in a modern setting. True. Like, the whole thing about West Side Story is it is that 1950s setting, and that's why you have that kind of <laughs> cultural say work going on. Brian does that. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I really, I, re- I really did love West Side Story. I really love yeah. it. It's really cool. Okay. And now we get there. And now, now we get we're to getting the, on to Sylvester to the, the Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. I was like, segue. And he's <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> so last but not least, Sylvester Stallone has shared some first images from the set of Rambo 5. And we might like cut to some of those as long as we put the He looks ridiculous. Thing I'm sorry. He yeah. looks ridiculous. So this film will be set on the Mexican border and sees John Rambo. These are Brian's words, by the way. Still retired from all the killing he did in the 80s for America, trying to ek, ek or eek? Eek out out an existence as a rancher when his friend's daughter is kidnapped by the Mexican cartel. Naturally enough, that ticks off John Rambo and he's (laughs) got... This is Ryan's words. And he's got to... Oh, you have a typo here. He's got got to on a kill crazy rampage to get her back. He's got to go, got to go on a kill. Well, I guess you'll have to correct that in the article, Brian. All right. (laughs) Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stallone is also directing this one alongside Adrian Grunberg, 
So he's co-directing co it. He's yeah. co-directing it. Yeah, Adrian Grunberg. He's like no more known as a first AD than anything else. Okay. Um, but he directed. Adrian Grunberg did. Uh, remember the one? Get to the get the gringo that Mel Gibson won. Yeah. He did that. And he like he worked with like Gibson a bunch like he was the first AD in Apocalypto. Um, the first ADs are the most important person. On the exactly, yeah. they're the most important yeah. person. Yeah. On the set exactly, the yeah. And like that's not common. Like I mean, like for um, Stallone did that with like I think it was I think it was Rambo First Blood Part Two. He had that guy George Cosmatos, um, who did like Cobra and he yeah. did Tombstone. He was the director on the day, but really Stallone would hand him a shot list and say, yeah. okay, just put the camera there, put the camera there, and you call action, but that's mm, what I yeah. want, like, you know? And um, and actually, funny enough, you know George Cosmatos, the guy, that guy that I was talking about? Mm-hmm. His son is the guy that directed Mandy, Panos oh, Cosmatos. really? There you go. Well, yeah, there you interesting. go. Interesting. more of the Wikipedia. I love it. There you go. Uh, so are we looking forward to this? Oh, Rambo? God, no. No. Oh, no. What about you, producer Dave? I'd like your hot take on Rambo. Uh, I I've only seen the first two. Yeah. Uh, but I quite enjoy them as spectacles. Yeah, chewing right. them for the eyes, like. Yeah, it's like pure eighties. But like, yeah. I, I I don't know if I agree with you there. Well, like I mean, I'll, the I reason say I, I love them, but they're grand. But the first one is very good. The first one is really good. Like I'm talking about the one that with Brian Dennehy. Oh yeah, yeah. And the, he's for, the first one is like a, it's, it's a, a real, drama. It's a drama. Uh, yeah. yeah, like it's very full. Well, on. The second as well. one's really good as well. Uh, I second mean, one, like, no, the second one's. Brilliant. I mean, it kind of turns it into an action genre Completely. as opposed to a drama. You know, characters. Well, it was coming whatever, into the you know? mid '80s then. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it, where yeah. They were, it blow some shit up. Ronald yeah. Reagan's in charge. Like yeah, like Oliver, <laughs> yeah, like Oliver Stone. <laughs> Oliver Stone and James Cameron wrote the script, and they were like highest highest kites on coke. <laughs> so then he's got like you know, uh, so he like ties on the thing, and then he like like he's got an arrow, but it's a missile. <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. Okay, right, write it, write it, and it's just yeah. That's you can just smell the cocaine off Rambo First Blood. You're gonna I, get some letters. Totally. <laughs> really, Oliver Stone in my case was like, I was never on cocaine. This, this like is, Brian's not here with us this week because yeah. he is currently being sued. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, should, we, could, we should just be like this. Uh, the opinions expressed here by Brian M. Lloyd are not those of Mike Sheridan or Deirdre Malumbi nor producer Dave. Um, so it's all on you, Brian. Oh, but I mean, you know what? It'd be great though to get to meet Oliver Stone and James Cameron. Those yeah, two guys in the court, like oh. I can't believe it. Man, I love Terminator too. Ollie, Ollie Stone, JFK, great movie. I don't care what anybody says. It was fantastic. And Nixon, I love that, Nixon. That's the best. That's the best compliment you can give somebody when you compliment the movie. And go, I don't care what anybody says. I think you're all right. Yeah. I don't what, do, what do people say? <laughs> I love what, what are people that's saying? A, listen, I believe you, but thousands wouldn't. What? what, are you, what? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Okay, so that's it for movie news this week. Um, Brian's hastily taught up revisit once again. We've you. I noticed you've just stopped asking. He's given up. Whereas, what are we? Which is such a shame no, you, because I really like know. watching I know the revisit do. movie yeah. the weekend before yeah. we record. But, okay, but yeah, but you weren't here last week. You could have texted me. I could have. I text. I like WhatsApp. Okay, yeah, no, I could have. Yeah, that's fair. I could have. Um, you, you could have communicated with your cellular phone. I. That is correct. I could have communicated with my cellular phone, and I didn't. And for that, I apologize because um, you didn't think of it till I said it to you. This morning, <laughs> that that is correct. That is correct. I will not lie. Have you ever thought about getting an assistant? Um, you get somebody on, uh, like an intern or something like that. We get some nerds. We have that an intern outside, don't we? Yeah, but we can't get him to follow you around. You know, but you know. <laughs> 
Get yourself He's one. an intern like Just be like Take some young whippersnapper Under your wing oh, And be like Jesus, This is how no. This is how movie reviews Happen kid It'd be like, This is the business It'd be like the uh, kid From a uh, phone booth That uh, follows <laughs> yeah. around Colin Farrell like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pay you someday uh, um, he's, he's, he, like that pays people off when you say libelous <laughs> things about them. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's perfectly appropriate given what we were just talking yeah, exactly, about. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, that could work. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Um, no, well, the review is it, it's a really good movie, and like it was, um, we actually got a, a comment in uh, on Twitter about why we haven't revisited this movie yet. This movie yet. So I was like, okay, well, that's actually a good uh, segue. We'll we'll revisit that for this week. I'm talking about Heather's. I just killed my best friend. Um, have you seen Heather's? I have, but it was many a year ago. Me too. Me too. So Heather's what is... <laughs> what? The whole point is you watch it again. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I like, We haven't seen this in ages. No, Let's deep dive in this film we can barely remember. It's not the visit. Yeah. It's the revisit. <laughs> revisit. Ah! Actually, hey, Dave O'Regan, have you seen uh, the Heather's? Can you do this now, Dave? <laughs> what is Heather's? Well, I, I think I might have. Wait, it definitely like rings a bell. Winona Ryder, Kristen. No, not the band. Not the band. They although they did take their name from Heather's. That's an interesting tidbit. Uh, no, <laughs> I have no idea what you're you talking have not about. Seen well, Dave O'Regan is actually, I would say, more in common uh, is the more common uh, party in this because Heather's is very much a cult film. It's very, very much has a very you know singular audience. You know, when you talk about it, I mean, usually when people say, oh, I love Heathers, you can tell that they're really, really into movies because it just it was never on TV that much. It's almost becoming like a bit of a cliche. It is a bit, something. isn't a it? Bit. Yeah. It is a know? bit. It is a bit. Yeah, it is a bit. But um, it's always like Heathers cross with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, what was that yeah, movie yeah. that you saw that Anton Yelchin was in? Um, the one where. Ooh, um, Thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds. Like, but literally yeah. on the poster was it's Heather's meets American yeah, Psycho. Yeah, they, they use that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's become a byword for a sort of like quirky, dark comedy. And you watch it, and it absolutely is 100% a quirky black comedy that's so, so messed up and just would absolutely never in a million years be made nowadays because it's about school shootings. It's about teenage suicide. This was like 1989. Yeah, 1988. It's quite quite satirical. Oh, very satirical. It's so satirical. Like, it's just like... It's nearly Paul Verhoeven levels of satire. Like, I'm talking Starship Troopers on the nose to the point that you're not even sure if you should be laughing or not, but it's brilliant. Um... Yeah, Winona Ryder, I mean, this was really at the cusp of her stardom and you can just tell by watching this movie that she was going to be huge. Like, mm. she had the, she had that real caustic humour and that real sense of just absolutely did not give a crap, which I think is something that 80s movies had in spades but has never really been, I think, effectively replicated nowadays, I don't mm. think. I think when you kind of see that cynicism that was so prevalent in 80s teen comedies, like... Um, the one that you love. Say anything. No, not say anything. The other one, uh, Man on Fire. Oh, Man in Motion. Say no more fire. Yeah, say no more fire. That's, named, that's not you, even clo- a little close. You did the name of the, the name of the song. I'm getting there. Say no more. John Parr. That guy. I can that film with the, it's called Say no fire. What's the film called? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but when you go back, but like no, but like Saint Elmo's Fire had a really cynical bite to it. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Breakfast Club had a really cynical bite to it, and the same with Heather's as well. It was just very, very, very cynical. But very, Heather's very... was darker than. than oh, oh God, yeah, no, yeah. God, completely, completely. Mm. But I'm There's saying John Hughes there. 
Oh no, no, Jesus, not at all. Um, but no, really, really strong performances from Christian Slater and from Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, though, I think, ran away with this movie. Um, it has become her calling card. Like, I mean, when you talk about films that she was in, it's Edward Scissorhands, it was this, it was maybe Girl Interrupted, but Heather's is always on the list. Um, Christian Slater, again, I don't think... He's doing a Jack Nicholson impression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he like, I really like, I really like Mr. Robot. Or two seasons, and I need to rewatch. Yeah, it again I need to watch the to tour. Go back into the tour. Yeah. Um, but he's he's just he's he's got such kind of Weasley presence. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to put your finger yeah. on. But early on in his career, he was he was very much doing Jack Nicholson. Of course, yeah. Like even like something like um, Young Guns. Yeah, he was just kind of playing. It was almost like imagine what Jack Nicholson would be like in a western. Is it mad that you forget go. that Christian Slater was in Robin Hood? I completely forget. Yeah, that. Will oh, Scarlet, yeah. Prince of Thieves. That's right. Will yeah. Scarlet. I love. It's a small Robin enough Hood. role. Actually, no, he is in it a good bit. He is. Yeah, he's, you just he forget. Plays <laughs> he plays his brother. He plays. He plays Kevin Costner's brother, yeah. which was hilarious because they were the only two actors in it that had American yes. accents, and it's like, and wouldn't you know what they're brothers? <laughs> yeah, I'd say go. Kevin Costner's like, I'm not going to do an accent, Christian. Don't even try. <laughs> We're going full yank for this one. I love this, I, but I have always loved Robin Hood primarily because like, it would not be a better film if Kevin Costner was trying to put on that accent, <laughs> in fairness. And like Alan Rickman was so English oh, in that movie. Fantastic. Yeah. That what you, a fantastic actor Alan Rickman like, was. Yeah. yeah, He's just so much fun to watch. I'm going to get your heart out with a spoon! Why a spoon? Because it will hurt more! Um, Do your ears hurt more after that? Or uh, I was away no, from I was it. Gone, yeah. He no, was no, quite no, considerate the there. I have to correct you on that line. Oh. It's because it's because it's blunt, you idiot. It well, will hurt more. Because he's supposed to be the quote master. Yeah, I'm very very it's tired. To be. I'm very very tired. Yeah, you 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 remember and forget very strange. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. My <laughs> brain. Weird, there's no random, co- like yeah, there's no correlation. Things <laughs> I remember forget. You like verbatim hitting quotes. Amazing. I'm like. Holy, that that's incredible! Then you you like forget you're in work. Yeah, that <laughs> happens. Like, oh shit! What day was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will happen. Yeah, no, I, like my brain is not firing on full cylinders today. Like I would have gotten that quote verbatim. Okay, so um, that hasty, that hastily. Um, I thought that was a good. Revisit- I mean, there was more of an outline of Heather's and the coming out, and you know, than well, actual actual the, the actual point because. Brian, Brian is starting a new podcast yes. called The Revisit. Yes. Um, and um, I really like, again, I've mentioned this before, I listened to Pilot, really like yeah. this. And I think all the guys in the office are probably going to be involved at certain points too. And some celebrities, some celebrities, oh, yeah, Brian. Yeah, some, some celebrities, celebrities Brian Emloyd. Yeah. Um, but the whole, the whole point is you rewatch the thing. Yes. I we, 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 maybe even producer Dave, we rewatch the thing. Yeah. So can we do that next week? <laughs> I know. Yes. Why am I asking? I know Diesel for it. Yeah. Why am I asking? <laughs> Hand it over to D. Yeah, sure. Are you are you um are you for watching something over the weekend, Dave? Yeah. Okay. What what do we want to watch? We Let's... have had a request to. I think it was in the same thing actually mm. about Heather's that we look back on the ones. Remember, we did like this might have been like a couple of months ago, but it was certainly a few weeks ago at least. At this point, was remember we asked people to like send in a bunch of yeah. um what should we call it suggestions. suggestions and that we were going to get through them okay. oh I remember one actually off mm. the top of my head because it was one I actually do want to go see and that is the Gina Davis movie I think it's called A League of Their Own oh my god yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that's a good shout that's yeah. a great that's a shout. really good shout yeah. sports 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 sports, 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 sports <laughs> you're so excited sports, sports. Oh, well, yeah. I'm so glad sports. I mentioned it yay yeah. oh and I can tell my Penny Marshall story as well yeah that'll be good oh, well, there you, you go. don't tell that story why you told like you told another director that story over the phone as well. No, 
I like you, but, you shouldn't have I was listening to Brian Dewey's in conversation I know it's really annoying when people say a thing but don't really say a thing when you're listening or watching a podcast or whatever but Brian told Michelle McLaren that story he's like you know what but like, I was trying I was like Brian what are you I, like to be fair it was ridiculous like it was ridiculous you just, know what's the most converse, if ridiculous phone conversation I've ever kind of heard Brian talking? I know that was the one with... Um, <laughs> it's always, did you see that? Yeah, that was wise. The one with right. Marisa Tamai, because he was so smiley and so laughy during it, and he was trying so hard to flirt. It was kind of adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said afterwards, oh no, she was flirting with me. She so was. Yeah, okay. Man, I'm telling you, she was, okay? And she's a bit older, you know how he likes them like that. Yeah, she's I mean... too young for him, though, still. Oh, no, no, no. She's right, <laughs> yeah. at, right at the perfect time. Mm. Tell your Penny uh, Marshall story now. Just tell it. Okay, right. So basically, the story with Penny Marshall was... Who's Penny Marshall? Penny Marshall is the director of A League of Their Own. Okay. Very, very well-known director. Um, so uh, not, not that well-known. No, no just, just, just saying. We just teased it, so I know it. Get it up now. Um, so yeah, basically, the story was um, I had... I was doing this uh, series of interviews called In Conversation and we had like John Carpenter, John Landis, Richard Donner, Lauren Schuler Donner. We had um, Michelle. Brilliant series. Yeah. 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 Um, Hopefully bringing it back if we can get a big name. Hopefully I think I'm kind of on the cusp. Anyways, um, one of the names. Watch this space. One of the names that I really wanted to talk to and it was actually Fiona Flynn who suggested it because she was like, there's just all men in this. You need to get a woman director. You also told Michelle McLaren that. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> I said immediately. You know what? We needed a woman. How are you? <laughs> Anywho, um, that's how I ended up here. <laughs> There's a token female. Dude. Let's just let's just uh, let's just embrace the fact there's a token female here. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> he told me that's why I'm here. The story was was that I um, we said look we should talk to Penny Marshall because she just has a great filmography and everything like that. It was really good, and. Um, Tracked down her uh, lawyer, tracked down her manager, eventually got to uh, her people, I guess. And um, she wanted money. Oh, She wanted ooh. money. She that wanted... happens a lot. I didn't realise. You see, yeah. this, you know, I know you do a lot more interviews than I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try to. Um, <laughs> I know, but I know I'm saying like, and like, it's sometimes it is a thing that you have to pay for. I it, mean, I understand it to a certain degree because if somebody's not promoting something, that's generally all people will do in interviews. Of course, yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and if if it's an inconvenience, I mean, a lot of the times it's legends like John of Carpenter course. and Richard Donner and yeah, uh, like Penny Marshall's in that equation as well. God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rob Reiner would be a great one for you to talk. I to, know. But there's a lot of that. Um, and if they're not promoting a thing, then you're encroaching on the personal you know, time. Say, yeah. What I would say happened there is I said that wasn't even brought to her. You I would know, think, yeah. I, I would say that was just like, unless you have a fee, because I've had that one, I've gone to, I mean, I tenuously call them, tentatively call them Irish celebrities. Like, it's it's not, you know, they're looking for a fee to do an interview, which is totally like, okay, that's fair enough. Mm. Um, but Goodbye. no, but no, it's, we, do, we don't do, I want to have conversations with people if you're interested in having a conversation. And yeah. I get asked to do interviews the other time as well. You know, I don't have anything to promote, except myself, <laughs> to delve, like and subscribe. I knew it! I knew it! I knew you were going to finish it there! I knew it! <laughs> producer that, Dave Producer Dave Produces the Delve as well on, I and, knew it I and, knew it And, and Producer Dave what, I, what time does it go out Sorry Dave What time does it go out Classic Hits 4FM Sunday nights 10pm Producer Dave And Mike Tell your friends Tell your friends Check it ask out Ask for Jimmy <laughs> Go on these Oh words. can I do a mini plug here you can Tweet at the film show That's T-H-E-F-I-L U-M-S-H-O-W because it's been a bit quiet lately and I do like reading your tweets and then reading them out on the show Send these some tweets not creepy ones. 
Okay. Yeah, don't make it creepy. So that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> no, we made it creepy. Are you back? Are you back next week, producer Dave? Yeah, boy. Yes. Hey! I prayed for the death of Heather Chandler many times, and I felt bad every time I did it, but I kept doing it anyway. Now I know you understood everything. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs>